This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. And welcome to the Friday edition of the Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. The sport of pickleball is exploding in the Chicago area and across the country, and we'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, as you're thinking about holiday gift-giving, you might want to consider something with a longer-term life. Stock. And to talk about that, we're joined by Ed Jertsen, the certified financial planner and founder of Engage Wealth Group here in Chicago. By the way, you'll want to check out his website, EngageWealthGroup.com. So, Ed, I I think this is a great idea because how many times do you forget what you got for the holidays even last year? And now you've got something that will not only be a wonderful gift this year, but something that could be giving and giving and giving for years and years to come. Yeah, Jim, excellent point. You know, encouraging younger family members to develop an interest in investing is always a good idea. And as you kind of mentioned, you know, I you know, I forgot what toy or what whatever other gift I may have gotten, but that those stocks, if you can gift stocks to younger members of your family, like you had mentioned, not only develop potentially an interest in investing, but also, you know, can can be with them for their lifetime without any kind of an expiration date. So what an excellent idea in this gift giving uh, sort of season for us in terms of looking to, you know, potentially give that gift of stock. Ed, what's the best advice for someone in terms of when they are giving stock to someone? Because especially young people, I'm sure it's not just a matter of getting them started in investing, but to get them interested and fascinated by investing and to make it something that they want to look at and they want to consider and they want to start early because, of course, the earlier you start, the better you do. Exactly. And one of the key areas, Jim, as you had outlined, is make it interesting. Don't make it onerous, make it interesting. And so one good way to start is looking around at what your kids are doing on a day-to-day basis. You know, what phones are they using? What, you know, uh, internet sites, if you would, what are they looking at? What is a, a what, what is of high interest to them? And then tie that into the fact that this is potentially a publicly traded company and you can actually be a shareholder in that company. And so not only would that potentially interest them in terms of, wow, I didn't know that, but ultimately, again, gets them really invested in the companies that they're working with on or or even playing with, if you would, on a day-to-day basis. Ed, let's just talk about why this is such a great idea, because of the fact that the earlier you can get started in your investing and your financial planning and all of that, it just, over time, is your friend at that point. Why is this such a great way, not only to give a unique and fun gift, but also to really, especially for young people, get them on a financial path that will really pay off down the road. 
Well, you, you really said it very well, Jim. That that's kind of the key to all of this. There's sort of a method to this madness that getting getting a younger generation invest, you know, interested in investing and planning. And I appreciate the fact that you said planning because it's just not all about investing. It's about developing this lifelong this lifelong learning curve, if you would, in terms of what financial planning is. Because investing is a key part of it, but it can transcend to just savings and not only saving in stocks, but when they start to work and they get involved in a 401k staying there. And to your point about the long term, that's where compounding really comes into play. That if, if your sort of glide path in your life is 40 years or 50 years for some of these younger folks, what a great way to start really earning more money and building up that, that net worth, if you would, and building up um, those portfolios that instead of looking at retirement, which we generally don't use with younger people, we talk about financial independence. What a great way to start them on that path. And it gives a whole new meaning to stocking stuffer. That's Ed Jertson, the <laughs> certified financial planner, founder of the Engage Wealth Group here in Chicago. And again, check out his website, engagewealthgroup.com. Ed, thanks so much. Coming up, an entrepreneur who's working to build a pickleball empire. An economy of words. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Entrepreneur Friday, and in this segment, we're focusing on a business based on a sport that's skyrocketing in popularity and has one of the greatest names ever, pickleball. Just love saying that. We welcome Chris Clark, the founder and CEO of Toss and Spin here in Chicago. And Chris, I guess you are trying to create what's been told to me is a pickleball empire of a sort. And what you do is you don't just make it possible for people to come to you to play. You bring pickleball to them. Welcome, and how does that work? Yeah, thanks for having me on. And basically, we specialize in creating curated pickleball events. So these are fun outings like team buildings, parties, custom events like the Bulls. And I think what makes us really unique is the fact that we are completely turnkey. So once we decide on the location, we essentially build a small pickleball facility for you on-site, provide all the equipment, and we do this nationwide. And how has pickleball been for you? I mean, we've seen it just grow in popularity, but as a business model, how's it been for you? It's been very good. I think what's interesting about it, there's so many people that have heard about it, but no one knows where to play and what to do. So we specialize in being that expert and helping people find not only where to play, but creating enjoyable experiences for them to get into the game. So, Chris, obviously you you specialize in court sports and in racket sports and that sort of thing, and pickleball was just a natural progression for you. But as an entrepreneur, how did you come up with this idea, and how do you keep coming up with ideas to keep the business growing, to keep the opportunities expanding? Yeah, that's a great question. I spent nine years in corporate and was furloughed during the pandemic um, in July of 2020. Started Toss and Spin in August of 2020, a month later. And basically, I'm bridging my corporate experience with my racket sports background of being a college tennis player and really want to provide access and enjoyment in racket sports. There's a lot of people who are looking to get into these sports. So we're about figuring out fun and unique ways to help them get into the sport. And we live off a model of, of how can we. So we create a lot of new, very unique events. And it's been very successful thus far, and we, we're excited for it to continue to grow. 
And it sounds like what you decided to do was, you know, I love sports. I love particular sports. And I'm going to take that passion and that knowledge and that love of that sport and turn it into a business. And that kind of sounds like a really great way to not only be successful, but I know this is a lot of work and it makes it a lot easier probably to do the hard work that's required to start up a business like Toss and Spin. Yeah, absolutely. I, I truly believe if you love it, you're not really going to work. And, and that's how I feel every single day. It's it's always about tackling what's the next opportunity, next challenge, and then again, really focus on creating those experiences. And we get a lot of joy as a staff when we see those smiles um, and people really having a good time with a curated event or a class or something that we've created. Um, it's a very special feeling for us. That's Chris Clark, the founder and CEO of Toss and Spin, who is bringing pickleball to the masses and coming up with some fun ways to Bring that fun sport to more people. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you joining us. Up next, Goose Island Beer moving its brew pub from its long-standing location. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Chicago's Goose Island Beer is relocating its brew pub after three decades on Clyburn Avenue. And here to talk about it, Ali Marani, the restaurants and retail reporter for Crane's Chicago Business. So, Allie, why are they moving and where are they going and what are we going to see in this new location? Yeah, all great questions. So to move actually, but their lease was up and they were approached by 16 on Center, which is a company that runs the Salt Shed, which is the new concert venue that went in earlier this year in the old Morton Salt Complex. So Goose Island is going to be opening its new brew pub sometime next year, adjacent to the Salt Shed. It's going to have a really nice river view. Um, they tell me they're going to have a patio, and on nice night, nice nights when there are outdoor concerts, you'll be able to hear the music. So they're kind of just going to a nicer location with a little bit more of a variety in terms of the venues so you can enjoy it. Say, in the, as you say, the nice weather, you can be outside. Is there any kind of a risk to this move for Goose Island, or is this just the right move at the right time? I asked about that because, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia around their Clybourne Avenue brew pub. It's where the craft brewery got its start almost 35 years ago. And Goose Island fans, I don't know, you know, over 10 years ago, they sold to AB InBev, and a lot of people saw that as selling out. So they know that right now, in the past couple of years, everyone's been really into nostalgia. They've been flocking toward brands and places that they know and they feel comfortable at. So they know it's going to be a bittersweet move. But in their new location, it's going to be overlooking the actual Goose Island. So they're all very excited about that. And, you know, they pointed out to me that they wouldn't have been in business 35 years if they weren't able to take on new chapters. So that's what this is for them. And it sounds to me like what they're going to do is focus on the brand. And that's the familiarity peg 
that they're going to bank on and hoping that this new location not only brings in the regulars, but I imagine they're also looking to bring in some new folks. Yeah, I would say for sure. You know, there's um, that area over there is largely undeveloped right next to the concert venue. And I think a lot of people that are coming in for the concerts are probably going to want to grab a beer beforehand. All right, that's Ali Marotti, the restaurants and retail reporter at Crane Chicago Business, letting us know why Goose Island Beer is relocating its brew pub after three decades on Clyburn Avenue. Sounds like it's going to be a wonderful spot. Still ahead on Entrepreneur Friday, bringing together multiple forms of art in an immersive experience. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. And it's presented by the Village of Bedford Park. For Rob Hart, I'm Jim Goodis, and these are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Basketball star Brittany Griner has been released from a U.S. military hospital in Texas. A problem's popped up with GM's self driving car. On Entrepreneur Friday, an immersive art experience that takes visitors into another world. A National Labor Relations Board decision could lead to the unionization of college athletes. On Wall Street, the Dow is now down 540 points. The S&P 500 down 67, and the Nasdaq is down 163 points. AccuWeather says we're going to see flurries and sometimes heavier snow this afternoon. We'll have highs between 28 and 32, but the wind's going to make it feel more like it's 20. Right now, with light snow, it's 28 at O'Hare at 1231. WNBA star Brittany Griner is now out of a military hospital in San Antonio. We get the latest from CBS correspondent Cammie McCormick. Griner left Brook Army Medical Center eight days after being released by Russia in a prisoner swap. She had spent 10 months in Russian prisons on drug charges. In an Instagram post, Griner says it feels good to be home. She thanked everyone who helped her and said she would assist in any way possible to get other Americans released, including Paul Whelan. She also said she intends to play this season as a way of saying thank you. Griner spent 10 months imprisoned in Russia. She had been dealt a nine-year sentence for possession of cannabis oil. Federal regulators may be pumping the brakes on General Motors' self-driving cars. There have been several cases of cruises' self-driving cars breaking suddenly or becoming immobilized and blocking traffic. Three incidents resulted in autonomous vehicles being rear-ended. Sunken Wen, with cruise competitor Waymo, argues that self-driving cars aren't perfect, but they're better than human drivers. As a human driver, you get tired when you go out. You might have a drink or two, maybe more. You shouldn't be driving, whereas our car doesn't drink. The federal investigation comes as GM owned cruise has been granted preliminary approval by the state to charge for driverless rides 24-7. Matt Bigler for CBS News, San Francisco. It's 12:33. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Markets are in the red, really in the red, and we're joined by Jim Welsh, the macro strategist and portfolio manager at macrotides.com in San Diego. And Jim, I'll have you give your take on this past couple of days on Wall Street. We kind of know the major reasons why, but is there any insight you might be able to give us as to why the markets are reacting the way they are, and more importantly, perhaps where we might see the markets going, say, next week? Sure. Well, first of all, Jim, I want to wish you and all the listeners happy holidays, Merry Christmas. 
Uh, and secondly, I would like to offer my December 12th weekly technical review, which addressed your question in greater detail. Just send me an email, jimwelshmacro at gmail. I'll send that out to you. I think the big thing that's happened here, Jim, is consistently this year, Wall Street has underestimated uh, the Federal Reserve's resolve in getting inflation down and the steps that would be required to accomplish that. And I think after the meeting on uh, this past Wednesday, uh, Wall Street is starting to realize, hey, these guys are serious. Rates are headed higher for longer, and the odds of a recession are going up. Jim, your thoughts on the Fed's policy, the Fed's thoughts on this, what they're doing, and Yep. Do you agree with the markets that uh, maybe it's a bit much and might be sending us toward a recession? Uh, I think we are headed toward a recession, Jim, and I base that on the yield curve analysis, the leading economic indicators, and the tightening and lending standards that took place in the third quarter. And the reason that is likely to happen, in addition to those you know, indications, is to, in order to get inflation down meaningfully, Every time in the last 60 years, there had to be a recession in order to accomplish that. So what the Fed is doing, raising the funds rate at a modestly restrictive level, and they're going to hold it there all of next year and avoid the mistakes of the 1970s where they continue to raise rates into a recession that forced them to reverse policy. I think the market's reaction, again, is they've consistently misread what Powell has said and now they're waking up to, oh, wait, we're not going to get a soft landing, uh, inflation coming down with the Fed easing uh, and cutting rates by the middle of, of next year. That's just the wrong assumption. So, Jim, there's a lot to digest here, especially as you're thinking about what you want to do next in the market. And so you, again, have offered to provide some very detailed and specific advice. How do people get it and how will this help them? Uh, well, it will help them because I think I will help uh, increase their understanding of where Chair Powell and the Fed is coming from and how that is going to impact financial markets uh, in the next six months especially. I, I think there's a risk that the S&P will drop to the October low near 3500 and if I'm right about the recession, Jim, there's risk that the S&P could drop towards 3,200. Uh, Jim Welsh, macro at Gmail, and I'm happy to send out the recent report, and I think you'll find it very informative. Jim, any good news you can share with us? Because we could sure use it on this Friday <laughs> afternoon. Uh, well, there's always, uh, you know, around the bend, there's always a recovery. And I think, uh, you know, that will happen. The main thing is to preserve capital during difficult times. It makes it much easier to, you know, get ahead of the game, if you will, once the, the, turn, the tide turns. And that will happen next year. But I just think we have some rough sl sledding first to deal with. And that's why we bring in Jim Welsh, the macro strategist and portfolio manager at macrotides.com. Again, check out that website and make sure that you check out his information that he's released because it's going to help you in terms of figuring out the best ways to navigate a market like this. Up next on Entrepreneur Friday, taking different forms of art and making them into an immersive experience. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Entrepreneur Friday, and on this segment, we're going to spotlight a unique immersive art experience on Chicago's North Side, and here to tell us all about it, Jill Valentine, the executive director of WIM at Stage 773 at 1225 West Belmont. And you can find out more about it by going to their website, WIMChicago.com. So, Jill, tell me all about this. It sounds like a wonderful exhibit. 
It is. Um, essentially, it's an immersive walkthrough experience where all different art forms come together. Um, painting, found art, graffiti, music, sculpture. Um, we have a stage in our Enchanted Forest, and we have live entertainment on that stage. So from bands to drag shows to karaoke, comedy, and so much more. It's almost like a potpourri of performances and, and exhibits and fun. It, it just sounds like a great collection of things. And this is kind of part of the entrepreneurial spirit, isn't it? Finding creative ways uh, to do your business and, in this case, present art. Exactly. It was during the pandemic, so a lot of our artist friends were out of work. And so our mantra was putting Chicago artists back to work. So we hired over 100 artists and we created kind of an artistic playground. So you really kind of found a way to help people through. And I imagine this was a huge boost to many of these artists because, as you mentioned, I mean, we weren't going to performances. We weren't going to exhibits. We weren't attending plays. We weren't going to concerts. So this was really a, a way. How did you come up with the idea to come up you know, with this? We, we've always been interested in immersive art, like rather than sitting in a seat and watching art, it's essentially it's all around you. So you're sitting inside art, you're watching art. And then we have a amazing signature cocktail list where even the drinks are kind of interactive from like roasting your own marshmallow in your s'mores drink or smoking your, uh, you know, old fashioned. So it's, it's just it's a it's a, a big playground. So tell me about some of the highlights. I know there are a lot of highlights. Everything is a highlight in this show. But what are your favorites? What are the things that you're like, wow, I'm really glad we have this? You know, I, my favorite thing is to watch the new eyes come into the building. I love seeing new people walk in and just stop and take it in. And I just love the look in their eyes. So, you know, I see it every day. So, I, you know, every day I see something new or something small. Um, but when when people walk in, just seeing their eyes light up, it is really something. It's, it's a super special space. So, Jill, tell me what it is that lights up those eyes, that has people coming in and just going, wow. You know, from sitting inside a time capsule. So you're sitting inside this capsule with uh, like a hundred clocks there and they're kicking behind you to a chair archway to a huge shark in the lobby made of shoes. I mean, there's just, you know, uh, the inside of a piano is all over the wall. You know, it's all these little installations are just amazing. So, Jill, how do people enjoy this? Uh, you can come on in. Um, you can go to WimChicago.com. You can also just come in and have a drink. You can make reservations um, on talk as well. Uh, but we're at 1225 West Belmont. We're also a non-for-profit. So when you come in, you're supporting a non-for-profit. You're supporting your local artists. Wow. You get a wonderful show, a wonderful experience, and a chance to help some people who can really use it. Jill Valentine the executive director of WIM at Stage 773. Again, that's at 1225 West Belmont. And you can find out more information about this and everything else going on at WIM at Stage 773 at this website, WIMChicago.com. Again, that's WIMChicago.com. Thanks, Joe. Great talking with you. Still to come, there's a major development involving the rights of college student-athletes. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The National Labor Relations Board's general counsel has determined for the first time that the NCAA is violating the law by failing to treat student basketball and football players as employees. And here to talk about the implications of that determination, Josh Idelson, the labor reporter from Bloomberg out of San Francisco. So, Josh, what does this recommendation from the NLRB's general counsel potentially mean when it comes to student-athletes? 
Well, ultimately, this case being pursued by the top prosecutor of the National Labor Relations Board could open a path for workers to unionize, for college athletes to collectively bargain with their schools and also with the NCAA. That's because in pursuing this case, the general counsel is teeing up what could ultimately be a ruling by the members of the labor board based in D.C. on this question of are the athletes employees and who is their boss? And particularly, is the NCAA, as well as the universities, the boss of these workers? If so, then private sector workers under the National Labor Relations Act that FDR signed in 1935 have the right to bargain collectively. Now, even if these workers were deemed to be employees, even if the board members agree with the general counsel that these athletes are employed by the NCAA, they would still have to petition to unionize and a union would still have to win an election in order for there to be collective bargaining. And we are several steps of the process away from that. But we are closer than we have been in the past to a scenario where there could be collective bargaining with the NCAA and or a legal fight that stretches into federal court about whether it needs to happen. So, Josh, I guess the question I have is that what is it that the general counsel at the NLRB says makes them not being treated as employees properly when a lot of times when we think of student-athletes, the benefits they get are scholarships and access to higher education. What is it about what student-athletes do that the NLRB's general counsel says they're employees, they're not necessarily just students? Well, the legal arguments here we will see shake out assuming there is a complaint issued and then a trial before an agency judge. But when I talked to the general counsel last year and raised that in the past, the NLRB has specifically decided not to exercise its jurisdiction to hold an election among these workers, the general counsel, Biden appointee Jennifer Abruzzo, argued to me that Things have changed since 2015 when the NLRB chose not to wade in. And she pointed to, to the Supreme Court's unanimous ruling on a student athlete issue where she said the Supreme Court unanimously has recognized that what's going on is a huge profit making industry, in her words, not just so-called amateurism. That's Josh Idelson, the labor reporter from Bloomberg out of San Francisco. Thanks so much for letting us know the latest on efforts to unionize student basketball and football players at major colleges. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.